to hear an anointed, powerful word that will change your life from Treasure Coast Victory Center. Be blessed as your faith goes from one level of glory to another level of glory. morning let me just say this to start out you know we do the declarations which are wonderful over your money but if you're not going to live in righteousness you might as well throw your decorations in the toilet because the bible says seek first his kingdom and his and then all these things will all right go to philippians chapter 2 this morning i've been talking about living the kingdom life we're going to get into some other things this morning how many of you want a life of peace and a life of joy and a life of my favorite word stability Lord, thank God for stable people. Thank you, Jesus. Thank God. All right, Philippians chapter 2, are you there? Look at verse 20. Paul says in verse 20, For I have no man like-minded who will naturally care for your state. For all seek their own and not the things which are Jesus Christ. So this tells us back then in the church they had the same problem that we've got here. And one of the problem is with being a Christian or being in the kingdom of God is we have to be delivered from the attitude of seeking things our whole life and going after things our whole life. We were born and raised to pursue things. That's the way we were raised. You work hard. You try to make it go. You pay your bills. You do everything. And basically, you get to a point where you're going to your job to get things. You're getting money to get things. And things, basically, if you want to really become your God and your primary purpose. And when you do that, it's not lined up with the kingdom of God because once you come into the kingdom of God and get under the king, he is responsible for all your things. Well, I can see nobody believes that this morning, but that's all right. It's in the Bible. It's there, praise God. Come on now. Went right over everybody's head already this morning. Yeah. Yeah, he's responsible. The king is responsible. A good king, a good king will take care of you. A king in the earth will not take care of you. And what we've done is is we've equated peace and joy with the things that we obtain and the things that we have. So in other words, if I could just get that nice car, oh my goodness, my life's going to be so much better. How many know you get the car, then you get the payments, then you get the insurance, and then somebody dings your door at the grocery store, and all at once you're a wreck again. See, that's not it. Or the people who have millions and millions of dollars out there would be happy. But some of them are committing suicide. Some of them are trying to get more money. Some of them are going after more things because that's not what you were created for, and it's not that what will fill your heart and your mind, basically. Everybody's so after after stuff, after possessions. As the kingdom God, we're after our position. Once we find our position and obtain our position and start walking our position, you won't have to worry about possessions because they're going to come into your life and they're going to overtake you supernaturally. And you're going to do it in peace and joy and love every single day of your life. And that's what keeps us young. Some of you probably think, you know, I'm 42. I'm older than that. Praise God. Thank you, Wendy. Praise God. I got one good response that came all the way from the back. I had to get there in order for a response to come, but that's okay. Praise God. If it took eight rows to get there, that's fine. Praise God. It's not too bad. Praise God. It's not too bad. But yeah, we want a life of peace. Everybody in the world, you ask them what they want right now. It's got to be peace. It's got to be joy. It's got to be these things. So basically, it's not these things that we're seeking for that are doing it. So if we change our priority, say our priority. How many know priorities are important? 
So if our priority goes along with Jesus, goes along with God and seeking first the kingdom of God and my right standing or my righteousness in that, in other words, acting like someone who's in the kingdom of God, then all these things naturally and supernaturally follow you wherever you go. I'll I'll tell you when you know you're in the kingdom of God, when you end up with money and you don't even know where you got it. You just did this, that, this, that, and all at once there's money coming in. People say, how did you do that? And you want to tell them, well... Thank God for my wisdom and knowledge. <laughs> Let me give you steps one, two, three, four, one, five. Yeah. But you can't remember one, two, three, or four, or five because you're doing what God said. And when you obey God and do what He says, everything else turns into supernatural. Say supernatural. Yeah. And I tell you, I've lived in both realms and come to supernatural compared to this natural realm. I'm telling you, there's, it's like living in the ghetto. Come on, living in Beverly Hills. It's two different things. Praise God. So we want our priorities to change, and what we want to do is we want to seek first the kingdom of God and not become obsessed with things. Say things. All right, go to John chapter 4. Now remember, we've already talked about most parables and everything in the Bible that Jesus did was about the kingdom of God. So you've got to look at everything that you read in here from a kingdom of God perspective that he's trying to teach us something about the kingdom because we're kingdom citizens and we need to learn how to live in a new country, which is a spiritual country called the kingdom of God. So look at John chapter 4. Look at verse 10. And Jesus answered the lady and said unto her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that says to you, Give me to drink, you would have asked of him, and he would have given to you living water. Look at verse 13. And Jesus answered and said unto her, Whosoever drinks of this water, talking about natural water, shall thirst again. But whosoever drinks of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. But the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of life springing up into everlasting life. So he's talking about the kingdom of God here. He's talking about natural things, and he's talking about spiritual supernatural things. The lady's coming, and she's got a bucket, and she's going to get water. He says, you can come here, and you get water every day if you want to. But I've got something better for you. It's spiritual, and you won't need that bucket anymore because we want to get into the spirit spiritual things basically you'll never thirst again say never thirst again pursuing things gets you things and makes you more hungry for things can't get enough it doesn't matter what you do how many things you buy how many things you go to it's there and it just makes you hungry and hungry for the things so Jesus says hey let me help you out go after spiritual things and you won't have to worry about getting water because it's already provided for you, and you'll walk in peace and joy. And this is the same woman who, basically, he looked at her and says, Oh, I know who you are. You've had five husbands. How would you like to have a prophet walk up to you? Say, I know who you are. You've had five husbands. Now, why did she have five husbands? Because she thought her peace and joy and contentment was in a husband. And now, listen, and we do the same thing. We try to get our peace and joy out of buying something. It doesn't work. So what do we do? We buy something else. She tried to get it by marrying someone. It didn't work, so guess what she did? And it didn't work, so she? And it didn't work, so she? You think you'd get a clue. Come on, you think a revelation would have hit her after about the third husband. And see, we're not looking to get things for our peace and joy. We're looking to learn how to live in our peace and joy. Then the things we get will not possess us. Are you following me? And that's the key. God wants you to have things. He just don't want things to have you. So what what do I want to do? I want to pursue the kingdom of God and the things of God, and then basically all these things will be added unto me, and I'll no longer really have a strong desire for things, but things will come, and they'll come into your life, and they'll be good things. How many know he knows how to supply? So what was going on here? This lady was looking for something. That's why we'll move over to the marriage counseling a little bit. 
if you're single and you're not married and you're thinking about getting a spouse someday, don't even look for one until you're in peace and joy and contentment. Because if you're not, you just want to take your baggage to someone who's going to help you in your baggage and find out they got more baggage than you got. Come on, then you got one big marriage of nothing but baggage. See, if you can't live in peace and joy without a spouse, then you don't need to go looking for one yet. Now, when you get to that place, praise God, and you're content and everything, then you find one, glory to God, and you get one out, praise God. Even if they got a little baggage, you can help them then. Because, see, when you get married with baggage, you want him to be concerned about his baggage, but he's too busy being concerned about his baggage and wants you to be concerned about his baggage and your baggage and everybody's baggage. And when you don't take care of your baggage and you don't take care of their baggage, you end up with baggage. Come on, are you listening to me? That's why marriages, people are getting married, it's lasting about two years. Why? They brought a whole suitcase, brother. Whole suitcase of baggage. It wasn't a carry-on. And now they're going to make their life better by Joe Muscleman, who don't know God from anything else, but he's strong and he's good-looking. Come on, this is the way we think, isn't it? And he's going to solve all my problems. Well, no, he's not. He's going to add two. Your problems. So we're not looking at things. We're, we want to live a life ourselves in our own little compartment here. That's why it tells you did not go after the speck in somebody's eye. Until you pull that log out of yours. See? He wants each and every one of us, and the Spirit of God works with you. How many know he's on the inside of you? And he's teaching us and he's training us how to grow up into righteousness, into right walking with God, right thinking with God, right operation with God. And the more we walk in righteousness, the more these things will be added unto us. Hallelujah. All right, go to Matthew chapter 5. All right, Matthew chapter 5, look at verse 6. It says, Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, because they will be filled. So how am I filled? How is my life filled? How is my purpose filled? How are emotions filled? How is everything filled? By pursuing righteousness and going after what God told us to go after, which is the righteousness of God. Now the question is, in your own life, and I check myself every now and then, what are you pursuing on a daily basis? What is your pursuit when you get up in the morning? Is it a relationship with God and the kingdom of God and extending the kingdom of God? Or do you have all these other things and the kingdom of God is on the back burner someplace? Have you ever had a morning when the night before you said, praise God, I got to pray tomorrow. Hallelujah. I got to pray tomorrow. And I'm going to get up at 6 and pray. And the alarm goes off at 6 and you hit the snooze and say, well, maybe God's waiting on me till 6.15. And then you hit the snooze again and pretty soon you get up in time and you go to work at 7 o'clock and you go to work and you get home that night and say, well, don't worry, I'll pray after, after work. And you get home from work and boy, it was a rough day at work. And if you can just take a couple hour nap, you're just going to be a fine day and everything's going to be good. And, and the whole day goes by and guess what happened? Nothing. See, why is because that's not your priority. Your priority is the first thing you are going to do sometime that day, no matter if it takes till one minute before midnight, you're going to fulfill that priority and purpose. It's like sometimes if you were in a desert island and you got lost and you're out in the desert and it's 101 degrees and you're in the sand and it's hot and, and, and you want water so bad and somebody will come up with a glass of water and say, you give me $10,000, I'll give you that glass of water. Guess what you'll give them? 
Now, you wouldn't have paid a dollar for that glass of water five days ago. But now, bless God, I'll give ten grand just for that glass of water. Why? Because you're hungering and thirsting and pursuing something with the hunger, and that hunger's in your heart. Say, it's in my heart. So what God's trying to do is he's trying to adjust our heart off of things because he wants you to succeed. Do you understand that much? God wants us to succeed. Praise God. So what do I do? I want a desire. I want a desire to go after God. I want to go after the things of God. I want to think like God. I want to respond like God. I want to get in a situation, and I don't want to react like I've done for the last 50, 60 years or 30 years. I want to make that change about what God would do. What am I doing? I'm growing up in the righteousness that I already am. How many of you know you've already been made the righteousness of God in Christ? And how many know you'd had nothing to do with it? It was Jesus who provided for you freely. And all those trying to obtain righteousness by their works are miserable. Because they can't do enough works to do it. So they keep doing works, keep failing, keep doing works. It's all by the blood of Jesus Christ. It was freely provided for each and every one of us. And now we have it in our lives, praise God. Hallelujah. All right, go to Psalm 37. We're going to go a little deeper than we've been going here. Say, so I'm very happy. I never get offended. I love the Word of God. Good, I like that. Thank you. I needed to hear that. I needed to hear that from you this morning. All right, Psalm 37, are you there? Look at verse 4. It says, Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give you the desires of thine heart. Commit your way unto the Lord, trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. And he shall bring forth your righteousness as the light, and thy judgment as the noonday. So just rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. Fret not thyself because of him who prospers in his ways, because of the man who brings wicked devices to pass. Now this has got so much in it, you could spend days here. But notice, number one, it doesn't matter if your neighbor don't know God, he's terrible, he's the most wicked man in the world, and he's prospering. Don't get jealous or worry about it, because sooner or later, if you don't change his day, he's coming. How many of you know that? That's, that's just a law. That's the way it works. So basically, you're looking at yourself. Now, we're just looking at me. And notice what he tells me. If I delight myself also in the Lord. Now, that could be the same as seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things. But notice, delight thyself in the Lord, and he shall give you the desires of your heart. Now, does that mean if I delight myself in the Lord, he's going to give me the desires of my heart that I have in my heart? Or does it mean that if I delight myself in the Lord, he's going to give me the desires of my heart? Both ways. It works both ways. Oh, you see, a lot of these scriptures are, are two-headed. They're two-edged sword. If this don't cut you on one side, it get you on the other side. So what's it talking about here? As I delight myself in the Lord, he is going to then give me the desires of my heart. In other words, the desires that I've had in my heart before I got born again all at once start to change as I seek righteousness. All at once, going to the bar and getting drunk, desire changed. All at once, there was an adjustment in there. I was not thinking about going Friday and Saturday nights to see how much I could drink again after I got born again because I was in the Word of God, and God was changing the desires that were in my heart. Now, how many know you can get born again, not seek righteousness, and by not seeking righteousness, He never gives you the desires of your heart, so you still have the same desires of your heart, but the problem is now you're born again, so you live guilty your whole life, whole life because you have the old desires in your heart 
yet you're trying to live the righteous lifestyle. All you're doing is an Old Testament believer. You're doing your best. You're, you're doing it not because you want to do it. You're doing it because you're supposed to do it. Once heard the story of a little kid who was acting up in, in class, and basically he was standing up screaming, and she said, get over here and you sit in this corner. He said, I will not. She said, get over there and sit in the corner. He went and sat down and said, I'm on the inside. I'm standing up. <laughs> and that's funny, but that's most Christians. Because you've not allowed God to change the desires in your heart. So you're constantly stuck in the same things. And when you do them, it makes you mad that you have to do them. And you feel like you're in bondage. And you feel like a victim because you shouldn't have to do this. And, and, but God wants to change your heart so you don't have to have that fight anymore. And what's he doing? He's making an adjustment in your heart where you don't even have a desire to do those things. Hebrews says you can come to a place where you can even, your senses can determine good from evil. In other words, my taste didn't want to taste anymore. They get angry at everything that happens in your life. I didn't want to do that anymore. I counted to 10. I said I would never do it. I declared this and that, but it didn't work until I left God change my heart to discover that I was not an angry man. I was a patient, loving man because that's what he made me and that's who I am. Who are you? I am patient. I am kind. I am never jealous. I am never... I'm not, so I don't have to try to be those things. I am those things, so I become those things. Are you following me? And that's the problem with the church. Nobody wants to pursue righteousness. Why? Because we've already gave them heaven. You saved, you're going to heaven. Live like the devil. Do whatever you want. Make up your own mind. Do whatever. Spend the way you want. Talk the way you want. Live the way you walk. You're going to heaven anyway. So nobody pursues righteousness. Therefore, we have a lot of Christians living in poverty. Debt. Nervous breakdowns. Oppression. When they're a son of the living God, living and should be in the kingdom of God, living in victory, but they're still not there because they're not pursuing righteousness. They pursued the kingdom. Somebody let them in the little prayer and they got in there, but then they stopped there. And by stopping there, the change that's already made in you doesn't change. See, God's nature is on the inside of you. When you got born again, that was a free gift. So the old nature has been ripped and taken out of there. But the problem is you're stuck up here. So you're in your soul. People say, well, I'm an evangelist. I'm a soul saver. No, you're not. You're a born-again getter. I'm a soul saver. I'm here to save your soul, do you see? Not to get to heaven, but to change the way you think and to line up with the kingdom of God. This is your soul. There was no soul saved when you got born again. Been saying that for years, and people are confused. No confusion to it. The Bible says you have to renew your soul, and the Bible says by renewing your mind, you will save your own soul. Come on. Why don't we just read the Bible? We don't have to go through this stuff then. No, you were born again, but now there's a soul saving. Your mind, will, emotions, and imagination are thinking. So I'm going to start adjusting the way I do things. And the world's always trying to adjust the way you do things. See? Don't you dare spank your child anymore. Don't you do it because that's child abuse. Oh, my word says spare the rod, hate your child. says a rod of correction will drive that evil stuff right out of them and get it out of there. Hallelujah. So some people we lay hands, some people we use the rod. Come on, are you listening to me? He knows how to raise your kids and do it right. He put it in Proverbs for you to read it and understand how to do these things. Now, do you do it every time and get mad and just beat the living daylights out of them? No. You explain to them what they did wrong, and you give them a little love tap. 
and you straighten them out, and they're learning from that. And they'll be saying the whole time, I hate you, I'm never talking to you again, blah, 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 blah. And what's that too? To get you to stop doing what you should be doing. Come on now. See? Well, we don't do that anymore. You can go to jail for spanking somebody in the store. Take them in the bathroom then. Take them someplace, praise God, and do what needs to be done. You want to train your kids up in the way that they should go. That's why you can't correct them all the time. Don't do this. Don't do that. Don't do that. That's not telling them the way they should go. That's telling them to stop what they're doing. And how can they stop it if they don't know where to go? See, so we want to train them up in the way they should go. We're having a parent-teacher or we're having a children conference here or something. Yeah, you show them the way they should go. And then when they get old, they will not. But when they get old, it's no longer your responsibility to spank them. Discipline them. You did it, and then they find their own way, hopefully. Are you following? And they get their own way, and they start seeking the kingdom, seeking God, start to line up with the ways of God, and that's the way it works. So notice, he wants to give you the desires of your heart. Now, if he gives you all good desires, takes away wanting to drink and want to drink of the Holy Ghost instead, you know, instead of screaming and hollering, be nice, be loving and all this stuff, then he will be able to allow those desires of your heart to manifest in your life by the power of God that's on the inside of you. So first of all, he has to change who you think you are. See, and this is why, you know, deliverance is a wonderful thing, but if that person that gets delivered doesn't make the adjustment in here, you'll be delivering them again, and 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 you'll be crying out to God. They've got to make the change. They've got to pursue the word and allow that word to get in there and change what's on the inside of them so that they see things different and do things different. And many times they can't do that until they get delivered, but they still have to do it. That's why we see so many people, you know, so many people get delivered and they don't attend a church anywhere. They don't go to church. They don't sit under the word. They don't do anything. Well, you're not going to grow in the spiritual realm. You're going to stay in the natural realm. And let me tell you right now, natural realm equals failure. If you're operating in the natural realm, just look at everything around you. It's a failure. But we don't have to live in failure, praise God. We can live in the kingdom of God because we've got a book here. See, that instructs us how to live. So every time I'm reading it, I'm not doing it so that, so that I'm righteous and God sees me reading it and gives me another star on my weekly calendar. When I pray, it's not so, God, can you see me now? I'm praying now. If symptom hits my body, I'm not going to try to earn healing. No, we're going to go here a little bit. All right, let's go over here a little bit. See? Symptom hits your body. Not once, I'm healed, I'm healed, I'm healed. I'm healed, I'm healed. I'm. And that's better than saying I'm sick. But you don't have to earn something that already belongs to you. You just have to fight the good fight of faith. And the good fight of faith says, by my stripes, you've been healed. So I'm healed, and I'm going to stand against this thing. But we want to do something then, see? And I don't care. I went to church every Wednesday, and I prayed, and I fasted, and God didn't heal me. That nasty God. That's what we think, isn't it? Well, what else do you want me to do, God? He wants you to partake in what he already did, God. We're killing a lot of religious devils out here this morning. I'll tell you, I'm almost here mooing right now and, and the chicken screeching and everything else. Yeah, because it's time to grow up, isn't it? This pandemic was just a short little spurt here. How we react, what we're going to do, how we're going to manage it, what we're, what's going to happen. Because I'll tell you what, this isn't the end. Devil ain't going to say, well, that didn't work that well, I quit. I've been after them for all these years and it's just not going to work out. No, he comes at you every single day. He comes at you and tells you you're going to lose your house and lose your money and lose your spouse and lose this, and that's going to happen. But we've got the Word of God. And we can say, it is written, it is written, it is written, and it is written, praise God. But you don't earn things from God. You don't tithe to earn something from God. It's a law. If you tithe, 
you get money back. It's a law. If you put a seed in the ground, it grows. If you put it on your dresser, it Now you can say, grow, go, go, go in Jesus' name. And I'll tell you what it's going to do. Nothing. Because you're not obeying the law, you see. We're good at prayer, but if we don't obey the law, you're wasting your time praying. So everybody wants to pray, 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 get no answers. And how many know if you pray, 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 get no answers? It's not fun to pray anymore. Come on, I'm just being real this morning. There's days I was putting aside an hour morning to pray, and I wasn't getting nothing. And everybody said, you just don't have enough faith. You don't have enough faith. So I'd read the word, because faith cometh by hearing, and hearing the word of God. So I'd read the word and listen to the word. I'd go back and pray, and I'd get nothing, nothing. Also, I found out is my priorities, number one, were wrong. And number two, I wasn't even in line with God, because everything I was praying for and desiring was for me. I need a brand new car, Lord. We've got $32.50, and I expect that to be $25 million by tonight. Thank you, Jesus, in Jesus' name. See, and then we spend the $25 on candy. Lost our seed already. And we wonder why God, God won't do anything for me. I'll tell you why he doesn't do it. He doesn't, here, let's go a little further. He doesn't love me. He loves them. Loves them, loves them, but they don't love me or he'd do something for me. He'd do something for you if you just obeyed the laws that God has already given you and grow up in the kingdom of God of what he tells you to do. Tithing is an important law. You give what happens, the windows of heavens open, and you get blessings that you can't even contain. That's, that's just the way it works. You do it. You know, you jump off a building, you hit the cement. See? I don't believe the laws work. Jump. Oh, I believe now. I'm believing now. Yeah, too late. See, natural and spiritual laws work. So the Bible says if I learn to forgive people, now that wasn't the way I raised. I was raised the way that you don't forgive people and you don't do this and you hold it against them and you get back at them and you blah, 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 blah. And now once I get in the Word of God and all once the desires of my heart start to change and I start to come to a place where I'm starting to love everybody. And I don't mean just the good ones over here. I mean everybody. Come on, it's, it's easy to love this one. But you just soon kill this one. <laughs> but you've got to love this one the same way you love this one. The Bible says, you know, if a poor man comes in here and sits down and a rich man comes in here and sits down, we all run over to the poor man and welcome him to the show. And the, the rich man and the poor man, we stick way back in the corner someplace. You've got a problem. So we don't judge people by their outward appearance. We love everybody the same. I mean, you know, he loves me as much as he loves you. But just between me and you, he loves me a little bit more. But I'm not going to tell you that this morning. I'm not going to tell you that this morning. He said you're fourth or fifth. I think he had you down. Yeah, see, he loves each and every one of us. So what are we going to do? We're going to grow in righteousness, aren't we? So when somebody does something to hurt us, we don't care. We're going to love them anyway. Maybe they said something bad about us, and then we buy them a gift, praise God, and give it to them or whatever. What are we doing? We're growing in righteousness. And I'll tell you what happens. If you do that often enough and obey it, those feelings of wanting to choke someone get trained. You're just training like a dog. You're training your, your feelings and emotions. Somebody said something bad about you. What do you do? i got to buy another gift. And your feelings and emotions saying, what should we give them now? But at first, it's not that way. 
It's first of all, I'm going to stab them in the front, back, side, and every place I can get a hold of them because that's the way our feelings and emotions are, and that's the way they've been brought up, and that's the way we've been taught. But we want to walk in righteousness to a place where we're not fighting to do the right thing, but we're naturally doing the right thing because it is the right thing because we understand righteousness. Praise God. Hallelujah. Are you following me? All right. Praise God. You got me going in 95 different directions this morning. All right. Let's go. Skip that page. Skip that page. All right, while I'm in everybody's business, let's go to Matthew chapter 3. Since we're hitting everything this morning, we always hit everything this morning. There's been such an anointing in here for praise and worship and to preach. There's such a pull right now that you could, you could talk. I mean, your notes really don't help you much at this stage because there, there's a pull over here, and there's a pull, somebody needs this. There's a pull, somebody needs that, and a pull, somebody needs this. It just makes you jump all over the place, but I guarantee somebody's getting something, you know. And you'll talk to somebody after the service, and you'll say, my God, wasn't that great when he said this? And you say, did he say that? <laughs> he said this over here. Didn't you, didn't you stay for this? This is what he said over here because the Holy Ghost knows how to get in every little crevice act and everything else. Praise God. All right, Matthew chapter 3. This is interesting. Look at verse 14. All right, we'll go back to 13. Then cometh Jesus from Galilee to Jordan unto John to be baptized of him. But John forbade him, saying, I have need to be baptized of you, and you come to me. And Jesus answered and said, Suffer it to be so, for this it becomes us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he suffered him, or allowed him, and Jesus, when he was baptized, went up straightway out of the water, and lo, the heavens were opened unto him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and lighting upon him. And lo, a voice came from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. Now this, until I understood righteousness in the kingdom, this made no sense to me whatsoever. You know, here's John the Baptist baptizing people. Jesus shows up and says, baptize me. John says, you're out of your mind. Are you crazy? You should be baptizing me. Don't you understand that? But Jesus, notice, Jesus understood righteousness, which is also right alignment. At that time, God's ministry was John the Baptist showing the way for Jesus to come. So at that time, Jesus was actually under John the Baptist's ministry and the only way, he, up to this point, he did nothing. He didn't heal one person. In order for him to step into his ministry, he had to come under right alignment. So I'm going to have fun preaching this now. Had to come in right alignment underneath John the Baptist. Then his ministry went because he was in right alignment under the person who he was supposed to be under. So we've got evangelists out there running all over the place. We've got other people running all over the place in ministry. Nobody in right alignment with a pastor. And I ain't saying this because I am one. I'm saying it because it's in the Word. And you're not even under a pastor. You're not even right alignment, for God's sakes. If you just get in right alignment, your ministry would just start to blossom and grow and spark and go. And so many Christians get born again and they get delivered, whatever, and don't get in a church under a pastor. Get in that alignment first. Find someone who's going to grow you up in the things of God and righteousness, and you should leave loving God more every time you leave this place and desiring God every single time you do. And what do you do? You grow. And notice what the Father said. Ha! Huh, look what he did. He got in right alignment. This is my beloved son and who I am. I am what? Well. 
Now, does that mean that he wasn't pleased with Jesus before? Of course it doesn't. But now he's in right alignment. Now he's not only pleased, but he's well pleased, praise God. Why? Because he got in right alignment. And what does it do? It pleases God when you get in right alignment. Not only your alignment, but church alignment. It's the same thing. So what's going to happen? Jesus, as soon as he got in right alignment, look out. He right, it didn't take him two, two seconds before he's casting devils out, healing the sick, rebuking, going forth, walking on water, doing all that stuff, because he came in right alignment. And by coming into alignment, he made the Father what? Well pleased. Say well pleased. All right, go to Romans chapter 14. All right, Romans chapter 14, look at verse 17. Now, we know what this is talking about because it actually tells us. For the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but it is righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. Now, notice what he's saying. The kingdom of God is not in what you do, follow observances, do this, do that, do this. It's all you're in the kingdom of God because of what he did. So you, you don't want to condemn yourself by not eating this, or you don't want to make yourself better by not eating this. You just want to follow what the Spirit of God's telling you to do on the inside on a daily basis. Here it says the kingdom of God basically consists of righteousness, peace, and joy in what? Now notice, for he that is in these things serves Christ, is acceptable to God, and he is approved of men. For in that these things he serves Christ, is acceptable to God, and approves men. Let us therefore follow after the things which make for peace, and things wherewith one may edify others. So what makes me acceptable to God? What makes me in peace with God? What keeps me in fellowship with God? Walking in right alignment, which is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Now we've got some things, don't we? We've got three, three indicators. Am I walking in righteousness? Am I walking in peace? If you're not walking in peace, I'll tell you why. Because you need to back up one. As long as you're walking in righteousness, you will have peace. As long as you have peace, it's automatic for you to have joy. And as long as you're in those three things, you can't do nothing. The Holy Ghost is talking to you all day long, and you've got a connection with the Holy Ghost. So that's why all these things. And notice, all these things, in order to get them, you did nothing. It was a righteousness that he provided for you on the cross by the blood that gives you a peace with God because you're righteous by the blood, leads to joy, and you're living in the Holy Ghost, which is the kingdom of God. So once again, whatever you're trying to do to become righteous, you need to stop and realize you are righteous. You must come to another place. And what are you going to do when you pursue the word of God? It's going to start to change your heart. How many of you in here since you've been born again don't even like to do some of the things you used to love to do? How many of you don't even want to be along around some of the friends you used to think were good buddies and found out they were demonic strongholds in your life? And when they got mad at you and upset, it was there. What was it? You were being persecuted for righteousness' sake. What's that supposed to do? That's supposed to say, well, that's it. I'm gonna, I'd rather have more fun running with my buddies. I had more fun drinking. I had more fun doing all this stuff. And that's what I, no, 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 no. See, that's the devil trying to pull you out of righteousness. Because whenever you start to walk in righteousness, you are going to be persecuted with anybody around you who's not trying See? 
If you're walking in righteousness, let me tell you right now, you're going you're gonna to make somebody mad. You know, just go home for your Thanksgiving dinner, have your entire family together and start telling them about how wonderful Jesus is and how marvelous he is and how he saved you and delivered you and you don't do this and you don't do that and you don't do this and before it's long, you won't even get the turkey leg before it's over. You won't get, won't get a thing. They'll take it all away from you. Just take it away. You get the scraps, praise God. That's all you get. See, because there's a price to pay for this righteousness. And the price to pay, and the Bible tells you to rejoice. Yeah. Everybody wants to rejoice when they're persecuted. Don't you? That's the first thing. Oh, I want to rejoice. They just said they hate me. Praise God. No. No. But it's things that you learn to do as you go over time, and he changes the desires of your heart. You commit your way to him, and he's changing this on every day basis. If you're not looking to change every day, you're not changing every day. That's a conscious thing that you must look for in your life of the changes that God wants to make in your life. And believe you me, some of you are very close to being perfect. <laughs> but there's just a few things out there yet he wants to correct. So don't stop reading the Bible. Don't stop praying. Don't say, I'm just about there. No, you keep going. Like I say, he, he takes it down and he teaches you and he grow and you grow. And, you know, marriage, you grow in your marriage. Raising kids, you grow in it. Church friendships you grow in church friendships sometimes you're going to have to learn that everybody wants a gans at a different level people may say something to you that you think's hurtful and stupid and they don't even know it was hurtful and stupid and you're going to get mad and hurt and hurt yourself because you just think they said it on purpose but they didn't say it for that so we want to have a tender heart but our tender heart is not to offend others not to be offended and a lot of people get offended at anything praise god i mean we're five minutes past noon some people could be absolutely losing it right now <laughs> I ain't going back to that church. Let me, I'll tell off on my brother while I'm here, since he's not here and he's hardly ever here. So. But when we're there, sometimes he's in Roanoke, Virginia. He still goes to the Catholic Church. We go to the Catholic Church with him, and we're there. And we're sitting there at the, at the church, and they've got this speaker and a little special speaker and all this, and we're sitting there, you know, and, and we're in the Catholic Church. And, you know, all at once he goes like this. And I said, what are you doing? He says, it's over an hour. They ain't getting any dollars from me today. See, if you stay under the hour limit, or you're going to pay for it, praise God. That's the way we do it. I felt like I had to give to make up for it. I didn't know what to do, praise God, for sure. But what is that? It's growth. See, we're growing in things. We're understanding things. Pretty soon, tithe will be easy for you. Getting up for church will be easy for you. Coming on a Wednesday night will be easy easy for you. These are things that are, you just do. Why? I'm righteousness of God in Christ. I don't come to become righteous. I come because I am. And what I want to do, I want to change. And I want to change. And these speakers we're having on Wednesday night, I'll tell you what, they're all hitting you from different angles you've never heard from me before. See? I punch you right in front. They come to the side and they get you in the kidneys. <laughs> and some of them get you over here. And they do it with such sweet faces. You ought to see them. But what are they doing? They, they want to help. God has deposited stuff in them that will help this body to grow and help the people to grow and, and help to understand and help to change because we're all changing, praise God, on a daily basis. There's a scripture in the Bible that says the, the greatest in the kingdom of God are those who obey the word and the least are those who disobey the word of God. So what's great in, in God's sight? What do you drive? How big's your house? How much money you got? No, biggest for his is, are you obeying the word? And get this, Jesus said, if you love me, you will obey. People all the time, I love Jesus. I love him. I love him. You ever read the word? No. 
Well, then you don't love him because you don't even know what the laws are you're supposed to be keeping. So if you don't know the law to begin with, number one, you're probably violating the law and don't even know it, or you know the law, but now you're in right alignment, so you're not going to receive anything. See, so it gets you two ways, don't it? Ignorance is a, my people are destroyed because of stupidity. That's why. So I don't know the law. So I'm doing things against the law. Don't even know I'm doing things against the law because I don't know the law. Well, now I know the law, but I don't agree with the law. So I know the law, and I'm not going to really hook up with God anyway because I'm not going to obey the law that I know anyway because I know better than the law because God could learn from me. You know, if he'd just come to my class. See, we're changing. We're going to read the word. We're going to apply it to ourselves. And we're going to slowly keep changing and keep changing. And after a while, it gets fun, praise God. It actually gets to be a delight, the things you get to change. And the things you've just never seen God's way. The Bible says the pure in heart will see God. That's where we're gone. When you get to the pure in heart, it doesn't mean God's going to appear to you. It means that you will see God in everything, in every person, in every situation. What would God do here? If God was here, how would he do this? How would he do it? He wouldn't scream at this person. He wouldn't get mad at that person. He wouldn't get offended at this person. This is the way God operates, so this is the way that I'm going to operate. And it's a much more peaceful life, not getting angry and upset all the time. My God. People stressed out all the time, 24-7. You don't have to do that, praise God. Many of the things we get stressed out aren't even big things. They're just little things. It doesn't take much. How many of you know that? You get somebody going in some direction or the other direction, but these are things we're changing. See, we are in command of our feelings and emotions. That's not who we are. They're part of us, and we want to take authority over them. We want to walk in them. They want the feelings and emotions to listen to me. And if you can see Jesus, I mean, he was completely righteous. Anybody that's nailing you to the cross and you can pray for them to be forgiven, let me tell you what. Come on. Somebody just didn't like your shoes and you went to a tizzy for 14 days. No, they nailed him to the cross, and while doing it, I mean, I'll tell you what, that is righteousness, brother. I'm telling you what, that is a justification. So praise God, we're going to do that. And basically, the next thing that happens out of all this is we start to be love people. Yes. Yes, yes. We don't have to wear the flowers in our hair. We don't have to have a van, but we can still be love people, praise God, see? Yeah, they had a good idea way back then. It was just a little bit off. But we're the new love generation, praise God. I love you. Somebody screaming at you, say, I love you. Well, you're just, I really do love you. I love you so much. I love you. And pretty soon they'll stop and say, all right, this ain't working. Because you've got to feed that, see, for it to be any fun. And if you don't feed it, then they'll, they might end up loving you and mess the whole thing up, see, praise. So we're growing in righteousness. We're going to do that on a daily basis. Let God change the desires in your heart. Don't try to overcome things with your own will and your own ability because you'll be very sad before it's over with. You'll do it for a while, then you'll fall back. You'll do it for a while, then you'll fall back. Then you'll get delivered. Then you'll do it, and then you'll get delivered. And then you'll, no, let's grow up. Praise God. I mean, let's give James a break. (laughs) Jesus. Let's give the guy a break. Lord, have mercy. Yeah, let's give him a break, praise God. And then as we grow up, then we can help him do that instead of coming to him every... Are you following me? I'm not being disrespectful. I'm just saying you can grow up into a place where you can do it, praise God. And if you need to come to him, you bless God, you come to him. That's for sure, praise God, hallelujah. So praise God, hallelujah.
素敵